0: Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This episode is brought to you by KL Skin Naturals. Their award-winning deodorant is now offered in new biodegradable packaging. Head on over to klskindeodorant.com and use promo code WILDROSE10 to save 10% off your next order. On this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast, you'll meet Mel Gallup from Southern Idaho. Mel is a registered nurse who farms alongside her family and has started her own business, Calloused Hands Bounty, where she makes soaps and other handmade products, Who knew that back in January when Mel and I recorded this episode that soap would be such a popular topic? But anyways, before we get to today's episode, let's go over the review of the week. This five-star rating and review comes from Farm Wife Ontario via Apple Podcasts. It's titled, Amazing. Love listening to all of these amazing ladies on each episode. Every single one of them is so inspiring and are such hardworking women. I look so forward to listening to each new interview. Keep up the amazing work. Well, thank you so much, Farm Wife Ontario, for that great rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. And you guys, if you have been enjoying the show, I encourage you to leave a rating and review wherever you tune in to the Rural Woman Podcast because this helps the algorithms and all of the fancy things help other people find this show. So without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's interview with Mel. Good morning, Mel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today. You are welcome. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you and get to know you more. So for my listeners who are unfamiliar with Mel Gallup, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from.
1: Okay. Obviously, Mel Gallup. I am from Gooding, Idaho. I live on a rural farm. I'm married to a veterinarian. I am a nurse by career, and we run our own commercial herd, and that's about who I am. I have two boys, 13 and 11, that help us out, and we all work as a team to make things go, and so that's kind of who we are.
0: Mel, where did you get your start in agriculture? Were you born and raised in it, or did you marry into it?
1: I was born and raised into it. So I was raised in Ashton, Idaho. It's up there by the Yellowstone line. And um, we had about 250 acres, I think. I don't even honestly remember that my grandfather were probably, I think we were third or fourth generation farmers. I know third, maybe fourth. Probably. But anyway, we ended up growing potatoes, grain, hay, and cattle. And then we were victims to the eighties and we had the potatoes freeze in the ground. And we went to plan B and dad became electrician. So that's kinda of where I got started, but I never really did leave the agricultural world. Well, isn't
0: the saying goes, you can take the girl off the farm, but you can't take the farm out of the girl.
1: For sure. <laughs>
0: So tell us what your next steps were. Obviously, you were off the farm and then you went to college. Yes.
1: Yep. Went to college. Always thought I was gonna be a teacher. And then my senior year, 24, fourth graders, definitely changed my mind on that. Wasn't gonna do that. So went to plan B. It seems like we're good at plan Bs. And I became a nurse. So I got my RN up at Lewiston. And ended up meeting my husband up there as well. Anyway, so we did that. He graduated from vet school in 2002. We got married right after I got done with nursing school and went to Oregon for a year to let him finish up vet school. And then we came back to Idaho. With me being an old kid, it was pretty important for me to be fairly close to my parents for something, you know, if they needed me in their older years or whatever, that I was semi-close. So the contingency on our marriage was that he brought me back to Idaho. I'm not sure what he thought about that. But (laughs) anyway, so we ended up in the heart of dairy country in the middle of Idaho. So
0: That's great. I love that you wanted to go back to your roots in Idaho and that it was important to you. Wherever or however you're listening to this podcast right now, you should take a moment and check out Stitcher. Those of you listening on Stitcher already get why. For those of you who don't know, Stitcher is a free podcast app for iPhone or Android. Stitcher is home to over 260,000 podcasts from classics like The Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murderer, The Daily, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, and new shows such as Science Rules with Bill Nye the Science Guy, Seriously, Stitcher has a podcast for everyone. Stitcher also has smart recommendations and playlists so you can find your new favorite show and organize your current podcast favorites. Like the Rural Woman podcast. Subscribe to Stitcher Premium for bonus episodes, exclusive shows, and ad-free listening. Sign up today for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today. Use promo code RURALWOMAN for one free month. That's Rural Woman, R-U-R-A-L-W-O-M-A-N for one whole month for free on Stitcher Premium. One thing that I'm going to mention to our listeners is something that I read in your bio and we chatted a little bit about before we started recording. But while Mel was in nursing school, she actually worked at my secret dream job at a livestock auction. (laughs) And I was telling Mel before we started, (laughs) right? Before we started, that that's my dream job because I would probably end up taking home more critters than my paycheck could ever account for. So,
1: (laughs) luckily, I didn't have the funds. I needed it more in my pocket than I did with the animals, and I had nowhere to keep them at the time. Right. So, yeah, no, I started off being a gate girl. I just went in and, and just opened gates as they came off the sale ring. And I got started there and the guy that ran the crow's nest really did like me and then the two sons that were kind of ahead of the of the sales yard liked me as well. So I actually just kind of grew into my position there. I went from gate girl to the horse wrangler. so I was in charge of all the horses assigning people to ride when and where and how and and um, one of my favorite things was is I'd go gather up the horses in the morning and I'd have a whole line of ranchers on the on the deck because I'd come in absolutely bareback with four horses behind me on the most trusted steed I've got and I was coming in as hot as I could come. So anyway, they were waiting for me to bite it someday. And actually, I never did amazingly enough, but it was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, <laughs> good for you. That's great. Yeah, the auction's probably my favorite place to spend my Saturday morning, much to my husband's demise because he does not think we should have a funny farm. But
1: anyways... <laughs> So yeah, By the time you work with that many animals, and some of them are so mean and vicious, you're glad to load them on a slaughter truck really fast.
0: <laughs> I bet. So you guys moved back to Idaho. You're all married now. Where did you settle down? Did you start your own farm?
1: Yes, in a way. So I live on five acres here in Gooding and we just always had animals. I actually bought one of the horses that I rode at the cell yard with. So we came with her and we came with a Mustang. And I think, I can't remember if it was after our first was born. I think we bought our first, I think it was 14 cattle off of the Nevada range. And, um, it was something John had always wanted to do, is is get his own herd. So we started that and kind of located our little herd every which way, every corner that we could possibly find to get them fed and, and taken care of. And then luckily, John's parents actually followed us to Idaho. So they actually ended up buying a farm north of us. They've got, I don't know, 100 plus acres out there. Anyway, we now run our herd with theirs. In total, I think we've got up to about 60 mama cows out there. So that's where we started. And then also here at home, we've got a little mini dairy herd, I guess, if you want to call it our little five, six cows that we've got. But we're only looking two, but we sell the raw milk. And then we also sell beef out of our herd as well. So...
0: That sounds like a great little operation that you have there. And I'm sure your boys help out a lot with that.
1: They do. Yeah. That's one of their main things is we actually, with all the spare milk for a long time, we actually raised some dairy heifers for one of our local dairymen that are just a little ways away. He was willing to let us just have two or three or five, whatever we needed to take care of the excess milk. And so they raised dairy heifers for quite a while. And then I think John finally just got tired of having all the calves around. And so we, you know, we bounced the idea around a long time to sell the milk. And just in the last year, we've actually taken those steps to get licensed to have a small herd exemption. And um, now we're selling it just by the half gallon.
0: Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman Podcast merchandise, shout-outs on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman Podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. So, Tell us what your day-to-day looks like then. You are obviously a nurse, a mom, a farmer, so it's probably pretty busy for you.
1: It is. It's day-to-day. It actually just changes. Sometimes I can think that I've got it all planned out, but things will turn around and, and just absolutely change things from one side to the other. So I do work one day at home here through my nursing career. I'm a case manager. And I look at my chronically ill patients and how to keep them going day to day. So I do a lot of that. Usually Mondays are my days to do that. And then I'm in the office on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays doing my thing there. And then on Tuesdays, that's when our farmers markets happen. So right now I'm in the planning zones of Of getting the farmer's market up and operational for the next season coming up. And um, I try to spend a lot of time in my soap business. And um, on weekends, I try to sneak in three or four batches at a time if I can get away with it. So
0: lots of different things going on for you. And you mentioned the farmer's market. So you are actually running the locals farmer's market. So tell us more about what your market looks like and when it runs during the year.
1: Yeah. So this year I ended up taking over the farmer's market. Our manager that had been running it for 10 years decided to step back and so I decided to take over. It had kind of been neglected a little bit, and so I'm trying to get it up and running a little bit better, get more vendors in. We're really small. We're only about six vendors. My milk and my beef, actually the beef hasn't even hit the market yet. That will be an exciting thing for the market this coming coming season but I've got pie makers and jam makers and then my produce guys. So anyway, yeah, trying to to grow that and make it really sustainable for the community and offer the community some resources that they don't necessarily think of. We're surrounded by farmers markets a lot of the times, but it's nice to bring it right here into Gooding and hopefully we can grow it. So we'll see
0: what happens. So you mentioned your soap making so tell us more about your business yeah
1: <laughs> so my little venture in soap making it started back when I was actually doing some home help in nursing and if anybody out there that does nursing they know how stressful it can be and I just needed a creative outlet I've been creative all my life and um, I just wasn't getting that satisfaction out of the nursing nursing is very you know, to the point and this is what you need to do. And, you know, there's not a lot of room for error or, or adjustment. So anyway, I started looking at something maybe to try to, to fill that void for me and, and give me some stress relief. And um, I found a really pretty bar of soap on Pinterest. And that's where it all started. I says, well, heck, if they can make it, so can I. So I'm an entirely self-taught soper. I tried to reach out a couple times to people that made soap, and I didn't realize that there's a saying in nursing that nursing eat their young. Obviously, soap makers can eat their young, too. So I just had the determination to make it myself. And then also, I looked at it, and I really wanted to support the agricultural world And I was looking at my cows and, you know, and the stuff that actually with just a custom farm butcher, there's a lot of stuff that if you don't want it, it just goes to the trash. So I decided that there was going to be one less thing going to the trash on our animals and it was the beef tallow, the beef fat. So I ended up just doing research and and rendering it down myself. And that's how I, I truly got started with my soap is something I wanted to honor my farmers, my ranchers, and my home gardeners. And it's amazing what you can't put in a bar of soap that doesn't come off the land.
0: That's so interesting. And for the listeners and myself, partially included, the beef tallow, you said is the fat from the cow?
1: Yep, it is. I primarily use the kidney fat, is what i use it's the leaf fat that surrounds the kidney it's the best it gives me the whitest the best consistency but really i mean if you really got down to it i use enough of it that i i don't want to really you know work really hard for all my beef fat but i do try to to get the big chunks and stuff and get it rendered down so yeah Soap making is, you know, it's an old art. It's something that they started way back, probably, I don't know, Roman era. I don't know. I don't know who made the mistake of letting wood ash get rained on and let it sit there and then decide to put it to some oil and figure out that soap cleans people. I, It blows my mind But all got started. But um, anyway, so a lot of people ask, well, do you use lye? And I says, yes, I do use lye. I use it in the oldest fashion form I can. And then I use the modern techniques to make it pretty and smell good and um, make it more uniform. Back in the old days, it wasn't always uniform. And that's why you always get the horse stories of, well, I remember my grandma making it, but it wasn't this soap. (laughs) Back in 2015, my
0: fellow female farmer, Shyla Richards, began teaching herself how to crochet by watching YouTube videos. Now, Shyla has mastered the craft of crocheting and sells her wonderful work on Etsy and even teaches classes locally too. Shyla's crochet creations are handcrafted by Shyla Richards, an ocean-loving East Coaster that moved west and now has a farm in Onaway, Alberta. Shyla crochets a variety of items like hats, mittens, scarves, and some super cute farm animals, plus is able to do custom orders as well. Head on over to Etsy and find Shyla's Crochet Creations, or simply take a look at today's show notes for the link to check out all of her beautiful creations. Plus, listeners of the Road Woman podcast can save 15% off of their order by using code RWP15. That's RWP15 for 15% off your order at Shyla's Crochet Creations. So, how much tallow do you think you can get from one head of cattle?
1: You know, obviously it depends on the size of cow when it is butchered, but you know like a 5-weight steer or something, I can probably get about 20 to 30 pounds of beef fat and then I render that down into probably like a 8-pound bucket. So really, I mean just you think you've got a lot, but by the time you render it down, you don't have quite as much. But I've learned to make things stretch, too, by using other oils and stuff, too, and and just making my recipes a little bit, you know, on the luxurious side. But also, you know, give them that firm base that they're going to last a long time and they're going to give you a good clean and um, just hold everything that I've got in and into them on it.
0: That's very cool. And I love that you really hold true to your farm girl roots and have found a way to use the excess for your cattle to make sure that nothing goes to waste. So I really, I really like that about your products. And I think that's very cool.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. That's the cows are so amazing. There's no reason why any of, you know, after the butchering process, any of it should really go to waste. So I do try to, you know, let people know that, you know, there's something as simple as soap out there that the cow can give us. There's a lot of power in the cow and most people don't realize it. So
0: absolutely. So what are some of your favorite recipes that you make for your soap?
1: Everything I make soap wise, I literally start with the beef tallow. And then I also like to add canola oil. It can be a locally grown commodity around here. My dad actually worked on a farm that grew canola, and so we could get that locally. I don't get it quite as much because now dad is retired. Anyway, I mean, sunflower oil, canola oil, beef tallow... There's a lot of stuff that the US and and even Canada, um, I know you guys have a lot of canola up there too. So it's amazing what the land can give us and what we can use if we actually look and and research and do it ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think we've mentioned the name of your business quite yet. You've talked about how wonderful (laughs) your soap is and everything, and I forgot to mention the name of it. So tell us about the name of your business and where people can find it online.
1: Okay. So my company business is um, Callous Hands Bounty. It bodes back to the respect that I have for the farmers and the ranchers. We all have Callous Hands, but the reward is the bounty at the end of the year. So that's how that came up. And then you can just always find me at calloushandsbounty.com.
0: That's great. And do you do online sales as well?
1: I do online sales. Yep. Everything right now that I have is on my website. And then people can get a hold of me through Facebook, through Calis Hands Bounty. And then I'm also on Instagram through Calis Hands Bounty.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I have one final question for you. What is the most rewarding part about being a farmer for you?
1: Oh, gosh, probably family, honestly with us working as a team and making things go. And, you know, we cry together, we cuss together and and we celebrate together when we have good times and bad times. And um, so, you know, it boils down to the people. It, you know, in nursing I take care of my farmers and my ranchers. Through my soaping, I take care of my farmers and my ranchers. Even through the farmers market, I take care of my farmers and my ranchers. So anyway, family and community, I guess, would be my thing that I get out of agricultural the most. That's awesome. Those are two great things to get of it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Mel, for sharing your story with us today on the Rural Woman Podcast. And I will be sure to put all of the links to where people can connect with you online in the show notes so you can connect with people and people can see your beautiful soaps. Oh,
1: thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.